0: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonnington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trots Life. No Jason Bonnington, just Toby McKinnon here today. Now, I'm joined by Bernie Hewitt on the line. I'm very much looking forward to this chat, a man who's almost the CEO of Bernie Hewitt Harness Racing now. It seems a big operation. Bernie, mate, uh, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today?
1: Yeah, good, Toby. Um, I'm at Johnny Caldo, just dragging the track. Actually, just finished finished up work. So, uh, yeah, that's where I am.
0: I've got you've you've timed that. We've timed that beautifully. So nice to be not intruding into your busy day, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's fine. No worries at all.
0: Now, take us a bit through the last four or five years, and I think you'll probably tell me Wayne and Julie Loader have got a bit to do with the expansion of your business. You know, you regularly train 50, 60 winners, but four of the last five seasons, you've had 100 plus. And I know there's seems like a lot of sons and daughters come through the ranks as well. So the expansions come at a pretty good time. And really, mate, the whole team and everything just seems to be flying from afar.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right, Toby. Yeah, normally um, probably train up around 80 80 or so, 90 winners a year, and the last few years we've been getting over the tonne, so that's been a, a bit of an achievement for the stable. And um, yeah, Wayne and Julie uh, have been long time clients since I first moved to Bathurst 20, 22 years ago. And um, Wayne always syndicated a few horses and uh, supported the stable, and um, in more recent times, so he, um, they've got uh, a lot more horses in the stable, uh, spent a lot of money uh, after coming. Into some good fortune and, um, yeah, certainly, uh, helping the industry in a lot of ways. Now,
0: yeah, I, I see he's got a slot in the Eureka as well. And dual melody, because it's drawn on sex, drawn the pole, or rip, drawn seven. Who would you rather in a race like the Eureka, or is it a bit of water to go under the bridge yet?
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of, lot of water <laughs> to go under the bridge, uh, yet it's a long way away next September, and, um, uh, obviously, uh, Rips the stable star at the moment. He's uh, he's really going great <clears throat> as a three-year-old. He'll be a four-year-old then, and um, you know, hopefully matured right out by then. He's a big boy, and um, and then Jewel Melody's sort of the new new kid on the block. She's had a terrific season. Um, I think she's had a dozen starts and, and won seven of them, and hasn't been out of the money. She's won four Group One races, so uh, um, she's certainly. Um, you know, not to be uh, overlooked. Um, she's she's obviously going to be a three-year-old when the Eureka comes around. So, you know, at this stage, it's uh, pie in the sky stuff, but uh, we're, we're, you know, obviously aiming at those sort of races if it, if it fits in with them, if they're healthy, and um, hopefully everything goes right with them between here and there.
0: Oh, I was I'm going to use an analogy for Rippy. When I was in Queensland, I actually went to the trials and saw him trial. He trialed quite well, but... Up there, he was like a young, tear-away, fast bowler. He was, it was like, he, you know, he, he was producing 150-kilometer-hour balls, but you just didn't know where they'd go. They could hit the top of off stump, they could hit the toe, they could go down leg, or they could go to first slip. But just in this preparation, I know he's had the three runs and they've all been seconds, but he's looked a bit more like Josh Hazelwood, just, just a bit more line and length and a bit ma- more mature. Is, is that a fair analogy?
1: Yeah, probably is, Josh. He's um certainly matured a lot. The trip away did him a lot of good and um Yeah. And he certainly uh he's he's bowling with a good line of length now and uh, you know, yeah. bowl but hopefully soon bowl a few over <laughs> uh, over the wicket and um yeah, so we sort of um really helped him I think that trip away. You know, I um between us we sort of made a mistake of, of going and racing him at Redcliffe, which really didn't suit him. Yeah. Um and he jammed in on the bends and, and got onto his knee and so forth, and it sort of derailed his campaign up there. But there was a fair bit of merit in his next two runs uh, after drawing ordinary and, uh, you know, running running big trips up there. So, um, yeah, he came come home, or well, he we actually had a month off up there in the sun and, and come home and had another week off and then and progressed towards this uh, campaign now. So uh, I think even though it wasn't successful up there with Rip, in Queensland, I think it's uh, matured him the trip away, And um, I think now, like, he's worked up really good and sensible. And, um, you know, he's settled a lot more in his races. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to this, uh, the rest of the Breeders' Crown uh, series.
0: Tricky draw Saturday night with him drawn eight. It's He's so fast at the finish. If he's covered up all the way, he'll be getting home. But it just doesn't look like a, he'll be in a winning position, if that makes sense. But certainly in a qualifying for the final position.
1: Yeah that's right. Yeah, look it looks like the um you know there's every possibility he might be about 3 fence. and um uh you know it's one of those races um he only really has to qualify and then hopefully get the right draw in the final so um he he you know his run the other night was really good again and uh at Bendigo so um you know, Doug, and I'll discuss it when Doug comes down and on Saturday, and we'll decide what to. How's the best way to drive him? But um, obviously, the main things to get him through. It does look like a tricky race to try and win from that uh, awkward draw. But um, the horse is feeling good, and, and you know, eating eating up terrifically. So, um, um, yeah, you know, sometimes just a bit of luck in running sort of uh, can make all the difference. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see about that.
0: Jewel Melody, you're driving yourself, so you'll be able to talk to yourself about this. Do you go forward at the start with her and keep pressing forward? in the? It is a semi-final or do you take the risk of going back, which doesn't seem right to me?
1: Uh, no, Toby. I'd, like, she's a really strong mare. She's proven that over the, the time she's got race this season, that she's um, can often take a, a race by the scruff of the neck and um, I believe like uh, her run first up again the other day, uh, Mary Barrow was first class and um, she'll take a lot lot of benefit out of that run. Um, John brought her home for me that, that uh, afternoon because I had one engaged later in the day and when I got home I wondered whether John had even eat, uh, fed her because um, she was there looking for more tuck and I checked it and she was licked out. So. Um, it was a tough run, but she recovered really quickly from it, and um, I think she'll just sort of benefit from that and, um, and even benefit again from this run going forward.
0: Yeah, wow. I, yep, that's great information. Glenn Ferryman and Marcus assassin are, are probably, fair to say, a level below, uh, and you'll be just hoping to get them through in a final, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I'll drive um, Macassan uh, in Rip's race, so um, I won't be sort of doing anything too fantastic with him. He'll probably chase the pegs, and um, he's actually working really well. I've been quite happy with him, and his run the other night was was pretty good. I, even though he didn't beat a runner home, he was right on the heels, and he did draw the wide gate that, that night up there at Bendigo, so um he's worked on really well here at home at John's place and um i feel that um you know with even luck he can sort of uh, qualify and um Glenn Ferryman, he i think he's mainly way for for a bit of an education trip too he's He's a bit uh wayward at home and, and so forth, but he's won two races this season and um I was quite happy with his his first up run there, down here the other day and um you know he, he's a sort of horse that could just sneak in, but um not too worried about him if he gets in, that'd be great, and if he doesn't we'll we'll look at a consolation
0: race. nothing wrong with being a bit wayward at home. I've been accused of that a few times myself uh it doesn't just finish there Saturday night. <laughs> You'll be yep. watching. You'll be watching some races from Nanga with great interest. You have got three horses in Group Ones there as well. Shoulda passed in the three-year-old colts and geldings, and Rip and Rubert and Mammals Alibi in the two-year-old version. It's a big night. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good to have those runners in the Group One races back home. And um, uh, fair to say, Shoulda Passed is probably outclassed in that race on Saturday night and the other two are both uh, pretty nice horses in their own right. Um Rip and Rupert's just uh, just lost him a little bit lately, I'm um, hoping he can produce his best Saturday night. Um and then Mammals Alibi is a new kid on the block, big strong fellow and likes to do a bit of work. Um been really happy with his progress. He was a he was a bit of bit of a rough gated horse earlier on and um just recently we seem to have him on the right track. So um yeah, hopefully they can uh they can sort of uh, do well up in those races, but I, I think um, the two year old Colts, it's going to be hard to beat Nathan Turnbull, so he's a really nice Colt up there and uh, on the way through. So, But uh, racing can dish up all sorts of things, so hopefully we're in the right spot at the right time up there.
0: Well, just one more comment from you on Leap to Fame like you've chased him home a few times now and He's some sort of an animal, isn't he? Like to meet a three-year-old like him with a horse as good as Rip, you've probably been a bit unlucky in some sense. But it's—I don't know—it's just great to see horses like that as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, there's no no risk about that, Toby. It's um, <laughs> it's always great to see a, a champion. I think that horse is well on his way to being one. He's. Um, you know, he's been trained to the minute uh, for most of his um, assignments. And, um, you know, Grant, Grant's had him tip-top and um, and driven him really well. So it is, unfortunately, we've run into him a few times uh, this this season. But, um, you know, I think if we could just get a draw uh, somewhere inside him, yeah. it'd be a great help to sort of beat him. And, um, you know, it's a lot of these results are about draws. So hopefully, hopefully the, you know, the coin will turn in, in the next sort of, 12 months or so as you're racing that that fella and other good horses along the way.
0: 100%. Bernie, thanks so much for your time, mate, and uh, thanks for uh, dragging the track for Johnny. You'll appreciate that. (laughs) No
1: worries then, Toby. Good on you, mate.
0: Good on you. See you later. Good on you, Bernie. Bernie Hewitt with... A massive uh, pair of hands he has on Saturday night. He's got one hand down here at Melton and one big hand up at Menangle. Let's get our last break away for the hour. Big second hour still to come. We've got uh, Mick Gurin coming on from New Zealand with his weekly segment and then our Taz Racing segment with Jamie Cockshut and Cody Crossland. is going to join us as well.